Blog Talk Radio. Fifth Dimensional Living with your host, Diane Bachberger. Diane has been given message from the fifth dimension and higher to bring greater peace and understanding to the lives of others. She lives and experiences these higher dimensions to help our world come into balance and to raise to a higher vibration of love. You can find more information on Diane on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash dbachberger1 as she shares great wisdom with the world. Let's welcome your host of Fifth Dimensional Living, Diane Bachberger.
So it, it really impacted me and changed me. So not everybody understands that change in me, but it doesn't matter. It's whether I understand that change within myself. Um, you know, I just encourage people, you know, if you're listening to the show for the first time, to keep an open mind and um it's it's an awakening time so if you're attracted to the show and you're you're listening that may be why you're here so it's not about me to be the judge of anyone and everyone's going through different things they have within themselves to awaken you know some people have ch- chosen the dark sides because the, this is a dualistic reality 3D right but right now the light is shining bright and, you know, some of the people that have been on the dark side are a little nervous and, you know, their, their sense of reality has been pretty rigid. So now these things are changing. So that's just the way things are, you know. Um, that's what happens and we just have to, you know, keep an open mind about it. Um, in fifth dimensional consciousness, it's not so much about time and space, but it's about the moment and living in that moment and learning and feeling joy in that moment, okay? So, you know, there there have been people, and, you know, people say fifth dimension's heaven. Who's to say? You know, it, heaven is what we create around ourselves, especially, you know, in 3D. Um but there have been people that have, you know, gone and, you know, gone beyond this, this reality or passed away and saw something more and then came back to tell the story. You know, and and it's funny because a lot of these people, you know, tell the same story. You know, I think that we just create and we exist in all realms simultaneously and we don't all have the sense that we are, and it changes. You know, sometimes we are in more than one reality at one time, and sometimes we put more of ourselves into another reality. You know, it was nice. Um, it's been a kind of a long winter. It was nice to see the birds come back and the Canada geese come back. You know, um, so you know, I, I'm I'm basically. Um, I guess talking about creating our own reality. And we have certain expectations and certain things that we see. And, you know, the birds coming back happens at a certain time of the year. Certain things happen because we have expectations. And as a consciousness, a collective consciousness, you know, we create what's around us also on a collective level. No, I've been doing the prayers of light for humanity to help them go beyond a limited scope of 3D for 400 days up until April the 4th. So we're going into the, you know, heading towards the 500 days of the prayers of light that I've been doing for humanity. And, you know, prayer is is a time that... um, it does take a lot of energy, depending on what type of prayer you're doing, especially the prayers of light. And, you know, it depends on why you're praying. You know, if you, some people pray because they have wants. Um, 
for the collective consciousness. There's a bunch of different things. But, you know, um, I think on the last show I did, February the 10th, I was talking about the opening of the eighth chakra and connection to God and the sense of um, connectiveness, complete changes. You know, that's just above the head, right? But when we pray and... You know, there's different types of prayer, and there's when we're in different consciousness, we feel prayer in a different way. It's just the sense that we have. But prayer really does affect the brain. You know, we're in a physical reality. We do have a brain. But when we pray in in fifth dimensional consciousness, we pray in the moment for what is important in that moment. And it actually um, affects that part of the brain that connects to the heart, okay? Because we're, we're, you know, when we pray for other people or for the universe, you know, we're affecting everyone as a collective. You know, science tries to explain everything now, but maybe sometimes there's no explanation for things. But, you know, they've they've asked the question, does praying strengthen your brain and prevent mental decline? Well, it's activity. You know, any type of brain activity and using the brain is beneficial. But when we pray, I guess, depending on what you're praying for, it can affect the brain in different ways. But a specific amount of prayer time per day can help prevent memory loss, mental decline, and even dementia or Alzheimer's. And um, the only thing that they, you know, that I've read or I've talked to other people is that when you're focused so much on trying to change things that aren't so good, it can actually make you sick. You know, depending on where your mental, your your mind is and that sort of thing. So if you're focusing on trying to change things that are very negative, sometimes it can affect you. Okay, so just bear that in mind. Um, you know, when before you do a lot of that type of prayer, put positive things in your life. Um, there's so many benefits from, pa- you know, prayer, including pain relief, re- reduced risk of death from heart attack or stroke. It, it lessens anxiety and depression. And, you know, there's so many things that prayer is very beneficial for. So, you know, basically I'm not saying to people pray. You know, sometimes people put out intentions and you know for for good things to happen and stuff like that i i pray in a whole bunch of different ways but i just want to make you know you aware that prayer does affect the brain and how you think and how you feel and when you open up this eighth chakra it affects the you know the how do you say the composition or the what, what goes on in the brain you know, they've been saying lately, um, how do I say this, that young people, um, they have, you know, when you're 13 years old, your cognit- cognition changes because the prefrontal area of your brain starts to get more white matter and then you have more sense of, you know, what's right and what's wrong and what you should do and what you shouldn't do. It's not so much, you know... Um, how do I explain this? I'm just going to have a drink of water. 
when I do these prayers and I do, you know, it does take a lot of energy and sometimes, you know, it affects my throat. So if my voice sounds a little deeper, that's the main reason. Anyway, getting back to the saying, you know, cognition. You know, when a, a child is under 13 years old, they say, you know, they're not responsible for their behavior. You know, they're not guided by their own inner guides. You know, we have to direct them and that sort of thing. But now they're saying it's not 13, it's more like 17 or 18. And they're even saying that maybe young people shouldn't drive until they get over this judgment period. Because, you know, you hear about so many kids getting into car accidents and it seems like they don't care. It's because this part of their brain's not developed. You know, um, you talk about nice people. I mean, there's a lot of people that appear to be nice out there. But I, one of the things I want to talk about today is the traits of a good person. You know, and a, a good person doesn't mean you're a doormat. You know, so I'm going to talk about that to begin with. There's a lot of things I want to talk about. And, you know, the, right now, um, a few months ago, Saturn went into Sagittarius. And I want to talk a little bit about that and the significance of that, maybe to, for some of you, but also how, you know, it has affected me. You know, we we're talking about developmental things, but there's also spiritual development, too. And um, so... You know, once you get that part of your brain developed, and even if you shift consciousness, there's different chakras that are opened. You know, you have all the chakras open. People that have no soul or they're spiritless or whatever they, you know, people call them, it's because they don't have this part of their um, their chakras open. They don't have the upper heart or the the crown chakra or the higher any of the higher chakras open. So they're easy to recognize if you can read energy. And, you know, I pray for those people, too, that they open up to this. Uh, You know, being a good person isn't hard because that's, how do I say this? Um, We're born pure, right? Um, But, like I said, not all people, they come across as nice or they can pretend they're nice, but are they really good people? So, are you honest? Are you honest in a relationship? You know, relationships are hard. You know, and, and there, I'm going to talk about do, uh, dogs later on because they, they're the totem that symbolizes relationships and family and that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, relationships aren't easy. But a lot of people give up on them too easily, too. A nice person may try to stay in a relationship for too long, attempting to force something that isn't there. And I'm reading from an article, and it's about good qualities of good people, and it's www.lifehack.org, life, L-I-F-E-H-A-C-K.org, articles, slash, communications, 15 simple traits of a truly good person. So, you know, they're honest. They have an open communication. People that have... Those upper chakras um, open, you know, and and the throat fully open, they speak in truth. And a truly good person will be honest in their relationship. 
and they will move it along if it's going well and end it if it you know when the time comes so i'm not saying that people aren't good because they stay in relationships it's they don't see the good within themselves you know when you see the good around you or you feel the good within you you attract goodness around you so it's time for a lot of people i'm not saying not to be nice but to think of yourself sometimes so sometimes being in a relationship that's abusive well most of the time being in a relationship that's abusive affects you and you can't you know function sometimes and they compliment you know Good people compliment others when they're deserved, okay? Just a few weeks ago, I was talking with somebody, and I had um, planned to go out and and go to this um, function, and I basically just mentioned it. And the way they responded to it was really quite mean. And, you know, whereas, you know, I might have not said too much, I decided, you know what, I've got to speak up for myself here. So it's it, it it's about speaking up and not letting people use you, okay? So compliment people, but also if they're saying and they're being nasty or they're not being very nice, you got to speak up for yourself, okay? And it's about, you know, calling your parents if you have your parents around you know be grateful and respectful a lot of people don't you know value their parents i know that you know some people are saying you know they're trying to break the television and all this media stuff that has to do with a bunch of um sometimes negative things that they're trying to um break down the family it's really important that we see the relevance in the people that have been there for us, okay? And it's about being polite. So even if, you know, somebody's not very nice to you and you have to speak up for yourself, you can do it in a good way. You know, it's not about saying, hey, blah, 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 and yelling and screaming at somebody. But it's okay to say, hey, you know, um, what you just said to me isn't very nice. And I figure that if people don't, you know, respect that, it's it's time for you not to be friends with him anymore. And, you know, it's not about walking on eggshells and stuff, but it's also not being rude to people. So, and, you know, the thing is that if we're always super-duper polite and we never cause a ruckus and these people are abusive to us, once we speak up, they won't like it. Of course they won't. And they may be people that, oh, I'm so nice and look what I did. But they may be the meanest, nastiest people around. You know, I think everybody knows what I mean. Um, and and uh, good people are kind no matter what, you know. Um, so it's it's not, it's it's about being kind. It's not about being you know, nasty to people either. So, and a sharing with people. And if somebody came and knocked on my door and, you know, and, and it's happened, even animals have come to my door and wanting help, I, I help. 
And it's it's not because, look at me, I'm helping somebody. It's because I naturally really want to help people. But there have been times where I've reached out to people and, you know, they don't see me as a person that does that, okay? Because, you know, sometimes we... You know, we don't want to trouble people or burden people, but there are times where there's an emergency or something. But if people turn you away from your, their door, that's not, you know, that's not very nice, especially in a time of need. So if somebody came running to my door and, you know, said that my husband put a drill through his hand, can you drive him to the hospital? Of course, I'll do that. And it's whether or not they have been nice to me or not. You know, I'm just using an example. I'm not saying this has happened. But, you know, that does that really matter? Are you going to turn somebody away from your door? No. That's that's not the thing to do. So, that to be honest with you, that's a, a mean and malicious thing to do. And I guess, you know, a good person is thoughtful of other people and they have proper manners. And our actions affect people around us. So as a collective, what we think and what we do affect the collective as a whole. And it's important to think of other people and not to be selfish. You know, um, they, they consider, you know, truly good people consider other people when they have to make decisions. <clears throat> so what may be the best thing for us may not be the best thing for other people. So I try to look and feel what is important to other people around me all the time too. Now sometimes it's not easy, but it's something that, you know, I can I consider and I take into consideration and I just move forward cuz sometimes it's not easy, okay? Um but, you know, I do tell people, I do try to have an open communication with them. And been times where I've gone that extra mile to help people and to, um, you know, stay and help and clean up after things and uh, help other people and be conscientious and that sort of thing. Those are just things that, you know, that are important. And to, you know, you can be nice and have this appearance of being nice and then you can be nasty to people that are close to you. I'm just saying that some people do that. But it's important to be kind to people around us that are close to us, you know. And doing that at home and being loving and smiling and being happy. You know, there's times where we don't always have it easy, you know, um, but we go beyond that. So what are you going to do to look within yourself? If you're not being nice to yourself, or you're not being, uh, you don't looking at yourself within and not seeing that good part of yourself, are you going to attract things around you that will be good too? Um, so it's something we have to go through within the heart. You know, a friend of mine, he's been hunting for a house, and it's been a rigmarole, and because in Toronto and surrounding areas, you know, there's a it's sort of like a seller's market right now, but even the cheapest houses are half a million dollars. It's it's just really crazy. But, you know, he is very frustrated. So it's um it's important that we focus on, you know, 
the positive things around people that are having a, a, a having a hard time or not dealing with things in the most positive way and that sort of thing. So um it's not about you know um not looking at the negatives because we do have to look at negative things. But it's about what can we do to make things better because of what's happened that hasn't been positive, okay? You know, we could look at the world as a whole picture and say, you know, all this stuff is happening, but what can we do to change it? You know, as as a collective, even. What can I do to make things, you know, easier for people around me? Um, good people make friends easily, too, okay? You know, there are people that I hear talk, and they say, well, I don't have any friends, and everybody's this, and everybody's that. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, okay, <clears throat> No, I'm a quiet person. I like time to myself, but I like being around people, and I have my time with my friends and that sort of thing. Um, You've got to look at the good things within people, too. So if you're being positive and you find the best in other people, they will make, you know, you'll make friends a lot easier. I don't take things for granted, um, somebody just came into the office and brought me a cup of tea, so I'm going to have open it up here. Um, that's a nice thing, you know, when you think about it. i got to let this tea cool off, too, but I'm going to open it up. Um, I never asked them to bring me a tea, but they brought me a tea, so it's really sweet, actually. I didn't want to yell, you know, say, thank you. <laughs> I didn't want to embarrass them. Um, but anyway... That's nice, okay? Being considerate of other people. You know, I was thinking to myself, gee, I'd like a cup of tea, but, you know, I have some water here, but now I've got a cup of tea, so maybe in a way I manifested that. Um, So it's not about, you know, taking anything for granted within your life. You know, being, living in the moment and seeing the wonderment in everything and, and the beauty in everything. You don't take anything for granted. And it's about being consistent, you know, um, being there for people, and and even in your behaviors, you know. So, but you know, there's times where we, you know, we put our best foot forward, and we try to treat people in the same way. But there are times where, you know, we have our our moments that you know we're sad and that sort of thing important that when you express it to you share excuse me i'm 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 um getting a lot of things in my throat right now so it's important that we share with people and we try to be consistent and um you know look at those things within ourselves i was talking about how um you know, the brain starts to change within the adolescent person. And then they start being more conscientious about themselves. And I was had a talk with somebody the other day. And, uh, well, I was with my son, and um, we, we were in Toronto, and I went to a USANA meeting with him. You know, I did it because I know it's important to him, and I was trying to spend some time with him and that sort of thing. But, we, you know, there was some people there, and we got to talking about, um, you know, how this one person was saying when they were a child, they were 
basically like Dennis the Menace and got into trouble and did a whole bunch of things. And, I, and then I said to them, I said, well, did you ever think that it might have to do with the development of your brain? You know, because this person was sick a lot. Anyway, and I said, well, how old were you when things started to change? And they said, well, around 17. But they correlated with going to church and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, it does have to do with, in a way, with um, our environment around us, you know. But there are people that are in kind of not great environments that, that turn out okay, too. So basically, from the heart, how your brain develops, is, um, you know, it can happen earlier, but for most people, they're over, It's it, I guess it's between 13 and 17 that there's really big changes within the brain. And if I have time, I will talk about, you know, there, there are articles about it. I'm just going to go into the chat room and see, um, I, I wanted to talk about the rabbit, because I had... Um, you know, we're talking about development. It, it, you know, humanity is going through a spiritual development. The chakras are opening up, and all these different things are happening. And, you know, it's, it's like a spiritual awakening or, you know, in some ways an awakening to what's going on around us and not, you know, putting up with things that are, you know, bad for humanity. And I could go on and on about that, but I don't want to focus on those negative things. Um, but a lot of humanity is saying enough. We we know what's good and what's truth and those sorts of things. So why would we, you know? I just realized I didn't start up the, the chat. Maybe I don't want to chat. <laughs> I'm joking. Anyway, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna launch it now. See if that'll that'll come come up. And um, I just been I haven't done the show for a while, so. So if anybody wants to chat, if they're uh, plugged in, you know, if you have any questions, feel free to to, to do that. Um, it looks like Mountain Goddess is uh, listening in. And if you have any questions, if you're listening and you've, you've phoned in, you know, press 1, you know, if you want to get into the queue. So, But if you're just calling in to listen, I know uh, some Aboriginal people that live up north, um, you know, they don't have computers, and they only have telephones. So, good old Bell Canada. So, anyway, um, it doesn't look like anybody has any questions right now. So, um, I wanted to talk about the rabbit. Um, you know, I was talking about spiritual development, the eighth chakra opening up, and I talked a lot about that at February 10th show. So, please go back and listen to that show. Um so rabbit symbolizes the spiritual leap of humanity. You know, yesterday I was came back home and I was doing some yard work. And I was standing there and I've talked to people on the show before that there's these three baby rabbits at the side of my house. And this one the two of them took off and then the one stayed behind. So I sort of have a wild pet that likes me, and it kind of telepathically communicates with me. But anyway, I was sitting in the front yard, and I look up, and then this, you know, big rabbit 
comes across the, the street and comes up and right up to me and sits there. And then he goes, it's almost like he, he was like, you know, a little thumper, thumping, giving himself a little scratch. Then he looked at me and kind of basically said, oh, I forgot something. So he took off again across the street. It's like he did a, and then he came back, he did like a U-turn. So he, he did it twice. And I was thinking to myself, what's the significance of um, a rabbit doing this twice? And then he was looking at me from across the street. And he was like, he first of all, he went to the left side of the house, and then he went to the right side of the house. So I was thinking, you know, this is kind of a balancing event, some type of energy. But um, So I want to read about the rabbit. But it's funny, you know, I've never, I've had ra- rabbits, you know, sit and stare at me and stuff like that. It's like he knows that I'm not going to hurt him. But it, it's it's quite comical that he, he came back and looked at me, and then he went back, and then he came back again. He kind of did this U-turn. So what is humanity doing right now? Are they having a second coming? Anyway, I'll, I'll I'll get into that a little bit later. So this is um, I re- I'm reading from Animals Speak to Spiritual um, Magical Powers of Creatures, Great and Small, by Ted Andrews, and it's three o three. I should mention that I've been seeing this number seventeen a lot lately, so I'll, I'll try to get around to talking about that too. But anyway. Um, the keynote is fertility and new year and cycle of power year-round. Um, I should also mention a f- couple weeks ago, too, I saw these two rabbits playing with each other, and they're probably mating or, you know, doing the little mating dance and sort of stuff like that. They they were playing with each other, you know, like wrestling sort of thing. And they did they just did it in front of me. But I know that animals, you know, they, they're not afraid of me, so... I've, I've had it happen a lot of times. People say to me when when they're around me, they'll go, how come that animal's doing that? Okay, so this is year-round. Um, it's a paradox, and it's found in myth and folklore, and depending on um, the society, it's perceived in a variety of different ways. In Greek mythology, it was associated with the go- goddess he- Hecate. Hecate? Anyway, in Egyptian hieroglyphics, it's associated with the concept of being. So existence, you know, we're talking about the physicality in 3D. We're in physical form. So it's becoming more aware of our thoughts and how we react to things around us. You know, I was talking about being a good person. You know, being connected to source and being aware is our connectiveness and our natural being, you know? Um, and, and we're beings of light, so we're, we're, we're good, you know? And among the Algonquin Indians, the great hair is an animal. And, you know, kind of like um, Nana Bush, the, the jokester, or that sort of thing. I'm part Algonquin, so um, I went to this great rock a couple years ago, and it was quite interesting because the resonance of the energy was vibrating from this rock, and, and one of the things on the rock was the hair and Nana Bush. 
And in China, it's one of the 12 astrological signs. It was considered the most fortunate sign, giving those born under its ability to possess the powers of the moon. And I want to talk about the moon a little bit, too. So the hair individuals are considered sensitive and artistic, and the hair is imbued with ambition, finesse, and virtue, along with living on the moon. So virtue. So it represents virtue. You know, I was talking about seeing the good. It's not about being nice and being fake. It's about being genuine and being a good person. Just taking a little drink of water. So all these characteristics are very significant for, you know, this totem. They're found in thickets and tall grasses. It's active day and night, but it's visible at dawn and dusk. And this has to do with the feminine energy in the fairy realm. Very strong energies, okay? And I'm very connected to the fairy realm and, you know, that type of energy. Uh, So the rabbit is, you know, season two, the fairy realm. And, you know, it's found in Alice Adventures in Wonderland, where Alice follows the white rabbit down a hole into a wondrous world of adventure. And anyway, rabbits and mice are the two most common prey of, you know, animals that are carnivorous. Because of this, nature compensates them with, um, you know, getting really fertile. So the rabbits can have between two and five litters of young per year, usually with three to six. I've I've seen that three. And because of this, the rabbit has been a symbol for sexuality and fertility. So she feeds, the mother feeds the young in the morning and the evening. And she spends the rest of the day away from the nest feeding herself. This is protective for the young. And it draws attention from them. So, you know, some people can come across these baby bunnies, but it's important just to leave them alone, okay? So, Within one month, 28 days, the young are able to be out on their own. They can stay in the nest, but they can survive on their own. If a new litter arrives, the mother will kick the old litter out. So I guess I was seeing that with those three little bunnies that I saw that time. And if a rabbit totem shows up, you'll begin to see a cycle of 28 days beginning to manifest in your life. So I saw that yesterday. And the two... Most common rabbits are the cottontail and the jackrabbit, and the ears of the cottontail are shorter than the jackrabbit, and the coat stays the same all year round. And the fur of the jackrabbit will lighten or even turn white in the winter. So, you know, I was seeing the cottontail. So both uh, animals can leap and hop. Those with rabbit totems can see movement occur in their life in various degrees of leaps and hops. It won't be step-by-step movement. And the leaps and the hops um, do not usually take more than uh, a cycle of the moon, 28 days to occur. Although some associate fear with the rabbit, it has wonderful abilities for defense. Those with this totem will do well to apply them to their own life. So rabbits often create forms to use for hiding and resting. To create a form, a rabbit bites often create forms to use for hiding and nesting. Anyway, they scratch a hollow bowl into the earth or the grass and is open the front and back to enable its escape if necessary. So rabbits, you know, the people that are going through the spiritual awareness are open to possibilities, okay? So 
So if you're feeling a great spiritual waking, that's what's going on right now. If a rabbit has shown up, it may indicate a need to do some more planning or check those you have already set in motion. So you don't want to box yourself into a corner. Rabbits have a knack for avoiding being seen. They can freeze, holding perfectly still. They know the movement can be detected from great distance by many predators. If you are involved in um, competition and work or play, it will be important not to foreshadow your moves. So don't give away your moves. Rabbits are also clever doubling back, making quick and rapid turns. So I saw that yesterday. They will, if they need to flee, they are extremely fast. Learning to shift from freezing to great speed is something all this totem should learn. It will aid your success, enable you to take advantage of opportunities that may only present themselves for brief, brief moments. And they're vegetarians, so with this totem, they may need, may need to examine the kinds of food being consumed for the greatest health and healing. A vegetarian diet, even though only temporary, will strengthen and heal. And rabbits can show you how to recognize the signs around you and help you attune to the lunar cycle and recognize the tides of movement within your life. So we were talking about opening these chakras, especially the eighth chakra. You know, some people call it the halo or... or you know, above the crown chakra. And so what are you doing to make yourself more aware? Are you um, are you asserting yourself to other people? You know, it's not always about um, making yourself totally aware. You know, sometimes we have to step back. But the rabbit is a good one for, you know, like, going into getting our spiritual development and, you know, that things are going on around us and that sort of thing. And um, I guess about a week ago, um, I was seeing a lot of ladybugs. And I, I saw one yesterday, but I guess it was about a week ago, seven days ago. I saw seven ladybugs, seven dots on their backs. So, you know, you can look up what the number seven means, but... Um, I want to talk about ladybugs, and there's I've talked about them a few times. I'm just going to see if my tea's cooled off and take a little sip. I know it's really funny. Um, I was doing a lot of this energy work, and my throat was going all funny, and then I, my throat was fine, and then I go... Um, go to do this show and I'm 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 doing all this energy work yesterday. Made a lot of changes in my life recently and I I don't want to get into it right now because it doesn't relate to what we're talking about but it's just funny that you know yesterday my the amount of energy work I was doing did this again so it's I don't know I think it's kind of funny. Um so just bear with me. Um I, I was getting a lot of things about gold <coughs> and and things like that recently too. And it says here, and this is um, sh- shamanicjourney.com, ladybug power animals. So you can look. Symbol of past life and enlightenment. So I think I'm going through, well, actually I know I'm going through my um, second Saturn return. And it's in Sagittarius, and that's going on right now. So I, I did want to talk about that today, too, so I'll get around to it. Um, the ladybug. 
you know, the ladybug is 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 kind of an um, amazing um, energy. Um, I was talking one of the shows how in the middle of winter I was sitting there on the couch and I started I felt something tickling my wrist. So I looked down. I didn't have anything on my left wrist, but I looked down, and under my shirt there was a ladybug. And I don't know where this ladybug came from, but, you know, things around us manifest around us. And I did a whole show on that, and it was, I think that was back either in December or January. But um, I went out in my yard, and all of a sudden all these ladybugs were, I guess, you know, coming out of the ground. So, you know, humanity is coming and and um, going through a, a kind of an enlightened development right now, okay? So ladybug medicine, according to this, carries the golden strand that leads to the center of the universe. Past life, spiritual enlightenment, death, rebirth, renewal, re- regeneration, fearlessness, protection, good luck, wishes being fulfilled and protection. You know, a lot, lot lately I've been getting things about immortality and that sort of stuff too. Um, I think it was two days ago I kept getting all this stuff and then every time I turn on the show there was something about somebody be, becoming immortal. There, I was watching a castle show where this guy, he couldn't die and he couldn't figure out why he he couldn't die. No matter what people try to do to kill him, he would come right back, Right. So it, it's sort of like this medicine, you know. Um, I did talk about the groundhog in February, you know, before kind of around Groundhog Day. And, you know, what the meaning of that was, you know, the, the pulse of life and death because when they, you know, they go into hibernation and stuff. But um, so it's it, 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 it encompasses a lot of different things, this golden strand that leads to the center of the universe connects us we're all connected together you know like the oneness sort of thing so the past lives spiritual enlightenment death rebirth renewal regeneration fearlessness protection good luck wishes being fulfilled and protection all good things you know and it's small and brightly colored usually with black or yellow or red markings and it's part of the beetle family you know they're found in all climates and all latitudes in the shell on the ladybug brings protection from predators with their wing close against their body to get protection of the soft underside with their keen instincts. The ladybugs feel its vibrations through their legs, allowing them the sense of energy with what they touch and other forms of protection. You know, this one ladybug, it, oh, it, want, it wanted to, to climb this kind of mesh I had over one plant. It was like, it was obsessed with that. And then another one took off. So we're all in different stages. And, you know, the number seven is, is this, you know, like this kind of a spiritual development number and the connection to source and that sort of thing. So it's very, you know, like a strong totem. So, the, you know, the ladybug feels vibration through their legs, allowing them to sense the energy of what they touch and other form. It's a form of protection. And the ladybug's coloring also warns predators stay away and they should follow this example by sending out the same message to the foes. And woes, it says here, also like a lady, don't be aggressive yet, defend yourself if needed. And I was feeling that energy. You know, it's funny, I'm reading about it now. I have never read this one before, but I was feeling that. You know, we have to stand up for what is right, do what is right around us. You know, so many people allow... 
you want to do certain things in life and let people coerce them. And I'm talking about the entertainment industry and, you know, there are things going on. Not everybody thinks that Prince, who just passed away, you know, that they believe something, he spoke too much out about things. So somebody took care of that. And also he wouldn't give over his, um, you know, all his archives of music that he had recorded, you know, umpteen million albums. He was always working. So he had all that, you know, that going on. Anyway, the ladybug is a beetle, and it's still liked by humans. You know, a lot of beetles, people go, but, you know, most people like ladybugs. Oh, look at the ladybug, you know. I know my daughter didn't doesn't like bugs, but she likes ladybugs. Um, they give off an energy being harmless. And this allows us, it shows us how to stop harming ourselves, okay? I was talking a little bit about that. You know, um, part of not harming ourselves is is not putting ourselves in situations that are harmful, okay? Um, Though small in size, the ladybug is fearless, and a fear cannot exist amongst joy. The ladybug brings a message of promise, for they get us in touch with the joy of living. That's what I've been feeling a lot lately, this joy in the moment and the joy of living and that sort of thing. We must let go of our fears and go back to our roots to love. You know, it's not about how much money we have and all that. I know a lot of people that say they're spiritually enlightened and they're obsessed with money. So to me, you know, I don't say anything to them. But, you know, it's nice to have money to be able to do things with and all that. But preoccupation with anything is, you know, obsessive behavior and it has to do with duality. So you cannot be spiritually enlightened if you're obsessed with, you know, physical things. It's, you know, we need to have certain things to exist and to feel comfortable. So we're we're also taught to restore our faith and trust in the universe. So when we put out what we want in the universe and we get back, okay, we have to get over ourselves, our egos, and allow life to take its course along with the flow. So the name Ladybug has its roots in the Middle Ages, so it has to do with Virgin Mary and the Beetle of Our Lady. That's what they some people call it. This links to spiritual idealism and religious devotion. And Ladybug people frequently have past lives linked to church or religion. So, you know, it, it does talk about past lives. I want to focus more on the moment, though. But when you go beyond this reality and you go beyond the eighth chakra, you go into eternal time, okay, and things change. In general, ladybugs produce sexually with the female laying eggs. Their life cycle is only four weeks long, meaning that over a summer, several generations are produced, linking the ladybug to the energy of regeneration and renewal. It was funny that, that I kept thinking about time loops when I kept seeing that Rabbit come back, and then it did the U.E., then went back again. Um, Their short lifespan teaches us to worry, not to worry, and to live life to the fullness and always in the now. So there you go, living in the now. That's fifth dimensional consciousness. 
Let go. Let the universe and your inner guide guide you. People with this totem are generally family-orientated, have strong morals and social values. So this is one of my totems. So is the rabbit. Adult ladybugs can eat thousands of aphids and other insects and uh, in their lifetime, and it's long been regarded as a good omen by farmers and crops. You know, uh, crop growers who see this detrimental, you know, the other insects. So they, they do, you know, eat the insects that are screw up the crops. So this ladybug it does a lot of good, okay? And, however, due to its diet, the ladybug often has parasites, a message to those with this power animal to look after their digestive system. So it's important to do that. Ladybugs showing up in one's life foretells a time of luck and protection where wishes start to become actualized. And I saw seven of them. So that's a lucky, lucky, lucky. And I do feel very lucky. A lot of good things have been going on in my life lately. So the seasons of the autumn and the spring will be most plentiful time for those with this power. So... You know, in the autumn and the spring, worries will quickly disperse when the ladybug appears as they shield us from our aggravations, paving the way for newfound happiness. You know, it's funny, before I saw this ladybug, I had something happen that was really, really, and I don't want to get into it, but I could have just gotten really super aggravated, but I chose not to. But, you know, it's funny that after that, the ladybug showed up. Because I was looking at a part of myself and saying, you know, I really don't want that. And maybe there was a part of me that I needed to look at. And then the ladybug showed up. So it means that, you know, I was manifesting those good things around me. So aim high and get, you will get what you focus on. However, ladybugs also cautions us not to force things to try too hard. To fulfill your wishes, go with the flow and let things take their natural course. Your wishes will come true when they do in their own time. So, this is funny. This person, um, they have some people that responded to this. And this person said, I've been involved in the metaphysical arts for over 25 years and recently had a wonderful ladybug experience I want to share. I was, you know, walking to the potential new employer's store just to check them. This person, unbeknownst to me, a ladybug alightened on my hair on the way over. When I got there, one of the current employees saw the ladybug and told me where it was. Of course, knowing the ladybug symbol and spiritual characteristics, that made me quite excited that this would be a good move to, to this employer should they select me. Pretty cool, hey? And I looked up your article on ladybugs and I printed it out and posted it on my, you know, bathroom. So it usually means some good things are happening for a person when you see the ladybug. So I, anyway, I just thought I'd mention that. Um says here, rabbits also have been given the ability to have a heart attack before they're eaten so they don't suffer when they die. Oh, goodness. That's, that's, yeah, some animals, like, I think goats, too, they just keel over and um, they pass out if, it, you know, people come up to them. Um, yeah. But th- this this rabbit was, um, he knows that I'm not going to harm him. He's a cutie pie. And, um, the beetle, you know, I should get, do a little bit of reading about the beetle in 338, because I was talking about the ladybug. There's many as 280,000 kinds of beetles. 
So to put this in perspective, the number of vertebrate animals, including fish, reptiles, amphibians, birds and animals, may be around 44,000. And, you know, the scarab or the sacred beetle had great significance. So, you know, about the dung and the shape into the ball moving from east to west, eggs were laid within this and buried. So, you know, they, they emerge out of the ground. And, and because, it says here, because of the east to west rolling, it must be associated with the sun and its movement across the sky. You know, these little ladybugs are hiding in the leaves, and they popped out when I was cleaning the leaves. So why I'm reading this is what I wanted to talk about the metamorphosis from grub stage to the wing, you know. It's associated with resurrection and change. You know, we've gone through this period, you know, the third resurrection, um, and humanity is shifting. And so, you know, these hard covers protect. And it has to do with, you know, being more aware of things around you. Or, you know, seeing that you're too closed off. You know, I was talking about people, they think they're spiritually enlightened and they disappear and they kind of go within themselves. This is kind of the first phase, you know, you're learning about that sort of thing. But to really partake in spiritual enlightenment, it means to be connected to all, to everything, right? So if the beetle showed up in your life, examine the need for metamorphosis. Are you in a process? So if this stage, do you need change? Are you needing new sunshine? Is it time to resurrect some part of your life? And we were talking about the, um, you know, the ladybug being, you know, past life stuff. Maybe it's time we have to, This is these are times of purging, of cleansing. We're releasing at a cellular level the past that we've held within us. You know, when we lived in the now, there's no time and space. And then um, I went to this, um, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago, this, um, it was like a celebration of life for people that have passed on. And they put butterflies on the tree, uh, the tree of life, you know, and we just, we're always going through some metamorphosis or some type of change and it's important that we, you know, be aware of these things. So that's, you know, that's the reason why I'm talking about all these things. And I talk about things that are pertinent to humanity in the moment. So, you know, I I took one of the butterflies and stuck it on the tree, and then they turned the lights on. And all the butterflies, you could see them on this beautiful lit tree. So, you know, it's it's, it's about, it's not about letting go. It's about change and metamorphosis and that we're becoming different but we're always being um how do i say this we're always we always did have that connection we always have that connection we're always those beings of light you know i thought it was very symbolic to see that light and to see the butterflies on the tree so you know are you ready to look at that part of yourself, you know, to see that spiritual aspect of yourself and to go beyond the physical and not be caught up in the ego and and in 3D, you know, sort of stuff. I I was um, talking on Facebook the other day about um, a lot of people, instead of going through a midlife crisis or a spiritual awakening, 
that they do in their 40s. A lot of people are doing it in their 60s. You know, and it's, 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 it's kind of amazing. But, um, you know, if you're one of my friends on Facebook, um, my name's Diane Buckberger, B-U-C-H-B-E-R-G-E-R. And if you're interested in, in going, um, doing a little reading and that sort of thing, I, I, I posted that a, a couple weeks ago. So right now I'm going to read from the book um, Animals Speak by Ted Andrews, and it's page 339, and it's about the butterfly, the transmission, and the dance of joy. So it's, um, that's the keynote. So it has to do with change, you know, and that's humanity is going through a great period of change right now. We're going into that Aquarian age, you know, of electricity and light and that sort of thing. So there's no insect or animal that represents the process of transformation and shape-shifting more than the butterfly. So those with this totem and process of metamorphosis should be studied closely. There's always four distinct stages of change. And, you know, um, the cocoon is only spun by the moth and not by the true butterfly for um, the chrysalis stage. So there's there's different, you know, you have the different phases. And it says here that it's a, it, they talk about it in the previous chapter. So. so when a butterfly shows up, make note of the most important issues confronting you at the moment. Is this? This is probably why a butterfly showed up. So what stage of change are you in regard to them? To determine what you may have to examine and determine what you wish they will come to be and how best to accomplish it. The butterfly is a powerful symbol in myth and religion. In early Christianity, it is a symbol of the soul. In China, it was used as a symbol of conjugal bliss and enjoy. In the Hopi tradition, unmarried girls of the butterfly clan wore their hair in the shape of butterfly wings. In Indian lore are the stories of how butterflies come when called by the children of the Nez Pier tribe. So to the Native uh, Americans, the butterfly is a symbol of change, joy, and color. The color of the butterfly should be examined for its significance and to help you understand the role within your life. Prior to the workshop on fairies and elves recently in Florida, he passed away in, in um, 2009, so this is he's talking about way long ago. I was performing a meditation at a nearby nature center in preparation for a workshop. When I opened my eyes, I was surrounded by approximately a dozen black and yellow butterflies, zebra and heliconus. And there were even several on my lap. So I, I, getting back to the, when I was in Prince Edward Island years ago, I had tons of ladybugs, thousands of them all over my body when I was at the beach. Anyway, so... There's great significance when you see something repeatedly. I think that's what he's trying to say here. You know, I saw seven um, ladybugs all within, you know, very close time, and I've been seeing a lot of them. And he goes on to say it's very significant for several reasons. First, there's long been associating in the folklore of a relationship between those of the fairy realm and butterflies. Does the ladybug. The black and yellow were even more significant in tradition. You know, um, in the angel realm, these colors are associated with the archangel Ariel in her guise of overseeing the activities of nature spirits. It was a wonderful indication of the energy that would accompany me to my workshop. So butterflies appear to dance as they light upon flowers and such. 
They remind us not to take things quite so seriously within our lives. They awaken a sense of lightness and joy. They remind us that life is a dance, and dance through powerful is also great pleasure. Butterflies can be reminders to get up and move, for if you can move, you can dance. You can dance if you want to. I'm just joking. Dance brings the sweetness of life back. This is the further exemplified by the fact that butterflies usually have taste receptacles on their front legs. They taste flowers by walking on them. Butterflies bring color and joy with them. When butterflies come into your life, look at how much and how little joy is within your life. You know, are you happy? Are you living and a lie? Are you ignoring the people in your life? You know? So, look for change. Usually when you see a bunch of butterflies, and they, especially if they land on you. So, Change is good. You know, sometimes people are resistant to change, but change happens. A friend of mine, he's like freaking out because his whole life's changing. And I said, there's benefit in, in change and things going on within, you know, within life. So what do you have that you can transmute? Are you transmuting spiritually? Do you feel your heart opening up? So... The butterfly reminds us to make changes when the opportunities present themselves. So when we're perceptive and we have the eighth chakra open and the higher chakras open, we react to those times. I know transformation is inevitable, but the butterfly would teach you that growth and change doesn't have to be traumatic. So it's all about doing it as gently and sweetly and joyfully as we can. So... Yeah, this morning it was funny. I was um, I was seeing you know a bunch of different numbers, but I guess it was about a couple of weeks ago. I was see- I kept seeing the number two one six six, and I was thinking, gee, you know that is really weird. But I found out that it has to do with that um, Malaysian flight and um, the UN meeting about it. But also, um, I think there is something that has to do with. Uh, you know, change and transmuting energy and that sort of thing. So um, and this morning I was seeing, I saw 616, I saw 717 and 917, so I've been seeing the number 17 a lot lately. And that's a magical number. Um, I wanted to mention something before I forget. Um, I was feeling a lot about the my- mitochondria and... Uh, the energy within humanity and at a cellular level changing more light we take in the more cellular energy we we take in you know how um, a plant takes in light energy well we take in light energy too and it you know i've talked about other shows where it comes you know through the forehead and um anyway the drug companies what they've been doing they've been making certain pills that are blue one and I was doing some reading on this. I, I just happened to chance upon this. And it's really toxic, and it actually impedes um, formation of energy and blocks the mitochondria. So people that have um, you know, fibromyalgia or kidney problems and stuff like that, it, it can cause a lot of problems. So make sure if you have medication, it doesn't have blue one in it. I know that... Um, Viagra and stuff like that. All these people are taking it, and they think, 
you know, there's heart issues and things like that, but there may be, and people are dying. It might have to do with, you know, like blocking the, the cells at a cellular level. I think that's important. So, you know, um, they sh- they should be realizing this. So just to to let people give people you know just let them know about that. Um, I got a message this morning that all the bells and whistles to get. Uh, I was hearing these bells and the whistles to get beyond the illusion, and it had to do with the number seventeen. Okay. So, yeah, I was going to talk a little bit about, um, about a week ago, I was watching this television show, and I wasn't expecting what happened happened. You know, I don't like watching violence and stuff, but on this show, all of a sudden, they were saying this girl wasn't going to get, you know, out of jail. This is in a Russian kind of jail, and that very soon she was going to be put to death. And then all of a sudden they just shot her through the head. And it was so, I guess, shocked me in a way. And then I, I didn't want to watch this. And I, I, I walked away from my television. And then I, I went back and my, you could hear the sound, but the picture went on my TV. <laughs> so we're more powerful and we can affect things around us. You know, if we can manifest instantly like that and just say, I don't want to see what that stuff. And then my picture, you know, my TV's not working. That's pretty powerful. You know, I went out and, um, you know, people say there's angels around us or beings around us that check up on us and all this other stuff. Um, You know, I've had periods of time where I've had people come into my life. Well, that day, I decided I was going to go buy a TV set because the other one didn't have the picture anymore. And I, my TV set was really old, and, and it was it's 17 years old. I see the number 17 comes back, and my dog was over 17. It's like things with the number 17, you know, are changing. Okay? So anyway, I met this person, and it seemed like she knew everything about me and she knew exactly what I was thinking about and we talked about certain things so it was it was pretty amazing so if all that hadn't happened I wouldn't have the opportunity to to actually talk with this person and the funny thing was when I bought the TV the guy forgot to put the channel changer in the box and I was got at home and I was like oh my you know like I can't use my TV thing you know I can put on the button but it you know, I have to, I don't know if I could do it by hand with this type of TV set that I have. But anyway, so I picked up the old um, universal kind of thing that I had for the other TV because um, the other thing, the, the thing that I got with it 17 years ago wasn't working that well. So I got this universal changer. So my son, he's not, he says, that's not going to work. And in my mind, it was going to work. So I pressed the button and it worked. And it shouldn't have worked. But, but, so, you know, it's 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 amazing what can happen. So, um, I also when I woke up this morning, I got the big cleansing begins. So, I would assume for humanity, but I know it, it's whatever happens with humanity happens to me first. So I'm going through this. I don't feel like I have a cold, but 
I have a lot of congestion. A lot of stuff is, I feel like it's spewing, spewing through me, like the final countdown or the final purge. Anyway, so, you know, it doesn't surprise me that I've been seeing, um, you know, I'm going through some type of uh, transmutation. So seeing the ladybug and seeing the, doing this butterfly ceremony and seeing the rabbit, you know, um, elevating spirituality. I did want to talk a little bit about Prince who passed away, you know, just last, I think it was, I'm trying to remember when it was. Was it last Friday or last, no, last Thursday it was. So today is Wednesday, so it's not quite a week ago. Um, I guess he was a person that, you know, on the higher level, accessed higher realms because he heard music, right? And he was always writing and very creative, and he went within himself. But he also started to and was talking in truth. You know, David Icke had a really good um, memorial kind of um, thing talking about his life. So I just want to, you know, and then um, my dog Tamara, she passed, you know, in, at the end of March. So it's almost a month. And I, I do believe that, you know, energy never dies. So there's meaning in life. You know, somebody wrote on Facebook the other day, there's meaning in death. Well, we're living in a physical realm, and we're living right now. So I choose to focus on meaning in life. There was a full moon, and now it was kind of on the cusp, but, it, it you know, some people would say, you know, it was in Aries or in Taurus or whatever, but it was in Capricorn, and it was on Earth Day, and that just that just went by. You know, if I, I'll try to talk about it. Um, I, I on April twenty second, I think that's the same day. All you know that that this full moon and everything was. I was getting that there's a glitch in time and space and the illusion, and that you know, well, actually, time and space is 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 an illusion, and. This 3D is breaking down. So there's more of a distortion. But there's more and more people seeing through the illusion. So, you know, Prince was one of those people. So I think that he should, you know, be, I should talk about him today. There was Andrew Breitbart. Um, he was speaking out too and um, mysteriously ended up dead. And then the coroner the next day, was murdered. So, you know, people speaking in truth, it's important that we all do it, just not a few people. So, oh, I kept getting things about purpose and what we have to do here. Are you living what you're supposed to be doing? Are you living in your purpose? You know, I I was watching this television show the other day, and the reason why I talk about these things, I was feeling it, and I was writing stuff about purpose on Facebook, then I turn on the TV and then this person goes, I almost fell off my chair. She goes, this person was really mentally ill. And then she goes, she's talking and saying all this real weird stuff. And then all of a sudden she 
sat there with this quiet look on her face and had this profound thing. She said, "You made you made me wreck my purpose." And then the he, the guy said to her, "Well, maybe that wasn't your purpose. Maybe you're just confused about your purpose." And it had to do with time and space too. So she ends up being, you know, like I guess she registered this because she was supposed to destroy the world and she thought that was her purpose, right? And there are some people out there that are have a lot of weird things going on in their heads about their purpose and, you know, we've got to make the world fall before... And I've heard a lot of people talk about these sort of things. We've got to make the world fall before it gets better, you know? Well, that's just a person's um, point of view, right? But anyway, this person... It's important that you have your real purpose. I guess that's what I'm trying to say to people. Like some people think they they have a purpose, but it may not be the purpose they think is their real purpose. Am I purposely saying this? No, I'm I'm joking a bit, but it's important that we do what we have to do. But anyway, in the future, he he, he saw her, you know, because he travels through time and space. And she saved his life. And she, you know, said to him, I found my purpose. So she waited all those years. And then, you know, she knew that he was going to show up in the future. So it's important that we don't just focus on money and ego and all that sort of thing. That we do realize, open ourselves up and think about other people and have that connection to the source energy. You know, a lot of people say that religions were created by, you know, certain people to to control people and all that stuff. I, I choose to think that we're all connected and we're really beings of light. So living in the moment is is the only time we're really living, in, you know, beyond the illusion, okay? In in this reality anyway. Uh, anyway, I I kept seeing you know this rabbit went away to me. You know, I was talking about the rabbit. I'm getting back to the rabbit again. Came to me and then took off and came back again. So there's some type of return going on. And I was, you know, getting a lot of stuff and reading a lot of stuff. And um, it's important that we stop and we go within ourselves and we look within ourselves. And, and you know, read the signs. You know, time and space. I, I kept getting um, the words time surge recognition. You know, most people... If something happened in the, you know, in this reality, we, we, the perception, it might be an illusion, but we do exist in time and space, and, and our brains might be changing, but we do. There, I think it's the frontal part of the brain that registers the sense of time and space. You know, that's where it comes from. So it's all perception, right? So what I mean by time surge recognition, when something happens that changes what may have happened in the timeline, 
you know, some some people are always trying to change things, you know, um, and they think, you know, like if they do certain things, it's going to change the overall picture. But they're sadly mistaken. So whatever the collective as a whole or, you know, the connectiveness to source, this, um, you know, energy is what determines <clears throat> what what we manifest in this physical reality, okay? So basically you can have a whole bunch of different timelines or different dimensions and different things, but we're really, you know, even though this, the, the appearance of spreading out, we're really one and a lot of people have heard that, but um, I've been doing the prayers of light since April the 5th. And, you know, people, I was talking a little bit about how prayer can affect the way we think and how we feel and actually change what happens and um, how we react to situations and things like that. So I would suggest to people, if you have time during the day when you meditate and stuff, pray for other people. You know, not to influence things your way, but to allow things to happen. Good things happen for other people, okay? Um, right now, I was getting a lot of information over the last couple of months, and I was talking about it on some of the shows that gateways are closing and um, we're integrating um, some of the dark, you know, from the astral stuff. Um, So in the fifth dimensional consciousness, the sense of awareness of, you know, reintegrating and um, transmutating might, you know, like, is how you perceive things, okay? In fifth dimension, um, there is more focus on other people and how our connectiveness together in the moment and joy. And, you know, having that purpose of, um, you know, having joy and um, things around us in that way. So what are you going to do to make more positive impact on the world. What What is your purpose? You know, it may be a whole bunch of different things, but um, it's important that humanity look at it right now. And the purpose for the whole of humanity is to shift consciousness right now. Okay? Um, I was talking about um, Saturn returns, and in the 19, I think it was 85 to 87, um, Saturn was in Sagittarius, so people would have been about 27 to 29 when they went through the first return, and I was one of those people. And a lot of indigos uh, in 1985, you know, around that time, really started to come into the world, and Blu-ray. So in certain time periods, like Saturn in Sagittarius, which is going on right now, Blu-ray energy is coming. So that's why at the beginning of the show I said Diane Blue because I am of the Blue Ray, okay? And there is something going on with um 
breaking of the loop of time. Okay? I'm seeing it around me. I see in the rabbit, in the change, in shift in consciousness. Um, so, you know, there is a change going on in people's brains, and they're doing some studying about this right now. I wanted to talk about recall um, and memory and mental process of retrieval of information from the past. This is at a much deeper level that people are going through, like this cosmic, um, what do you call it, Uh, cosmic recall. I, I got the message the other day that humanity now is involved with the cosmic recall. You know that that funny show called Recall, right? But it it, it goes into um, you know at, at a at a soul level. So you know, pro, Recall is is the process of retrieval of information of the past, and then you know encoding and storage. Um, so there's three core processes. You know, just like a computer. So basically, we're we're computers. Um, there's, th- there's three types of recall: free recall, uh, queued recall, and serial recall. If you want to do a little bit more research on this, um, you know, you can. So there's always, you know, with. Um, when your eighth chakra is not open up, there's always like a distort, more of a distortion in recall, though. But when you open it up, there's there's less of a of a of a problem with that. So right now we're going through like this purge, a purging time. Um, I wanted to talk about a few other things to see what I can do here. Um, I might have to sneeze. So sorry, just hang on a minute here. I, I wrote something on Facebook. It was April the 14th. Does having a soul give us empathy? People think having a soul allows us to feel pain and loss. Ego makes us feel our own pain. Does going beyond ego and pain change the soul? Um, I was asking these questions. It's not that people don't have a soul. It's that it's not developed in people that don't have their open their upper heart open or their crown chakra, the higher chakras open, okay? But you can tell the ego takes over and the pain body takes over when you don't have. So, and, and also, you know, it, it um, you don't have as much empathy for other people. So I was talking to somebody the other day and they said something really horrendous to me. And I didn't judge them. But I did. I didn't make a comment that, you know, what they said was kind of insensitive, and they, of course, didn't like it. But we have to speak up, okay? So fifth-dimensional consciousness allows us to focus in the moment and go beyond ego and pain. I was talking about time, space, awareness, and people being it being distorted, you know, in um, in three-dimensional consciousness, but. When we go into fifth dimension and beyond, really the past really doesn't isn't the focus. Okay, isn't it funny that when we don't have our focus on something, then it becomes more real to us than if we focus on it. 
and we forget everything else around us. You know, when time and space and what really matters goes by the wayside because of ego, you know, and um, concentration on what happened in the past and focusing on the pain and everything. It's all, you know, we wouldn't have a pain body if we lived in the moment all the time. And, you know, we would forgive and we wouldn't hold it within ourselves. It's, it's very toxic to the physical body. That's why people get sick and that sort of thing. So I was just saying, you know, living in fifth dimensional consciousness allows us to focus in the moment and go beyond the ego and pain. And the soul has to do with layering in some way separation. So, you know, when we become whole, what, what I mean is when our all our chakras become one chakra and we live in fifth dimension and beyond, we are that spiritual ball of light, okay, that soul. It just becomes a part of us. Um, I just put here that the soul is a transition between different consciousness. When the soul realms disappear, the soul will no longer be separate. So what is happening now, the soul realms and the astral realms are disappearing, We're integrating these things because whatever we have around us, whether it's heaven or hell or whatever, we've created it, okay? And what I mean is everyone. And I said here, fairy folk are all about energy. They can feel if a person do not have souls. If the crown chakra and the heart chakra are not open, then the physical manifestation of the soul is not with the person. The soul has to be Minimal for certain beings to inhabit a physical body. So what I'm saying is, you know, you've heard about, you know, people that have been, it seems like they've been possessed or whatever. You know, when you have a fully developed soul, that can happen. Somebody wrote in here, having a soul gives us an opportunity to love and to be loved. It can give you empathy if you choose to be empathetic. So... Let's see what I wrote here. i got to go into the thing. When we are connected to the divine energy, we just naturally are true selves, open heart and open to the divine. So basically, it's like closing a book. You know, when we open the book, we can see more of what's on the pages. When we shut the book, we can't. So you can compare that to an open heart and being open to the divine energy. Where do you want to be? An open book or, or you know, your energy just flowing? Or do you want to be closed? You know, it's, it's it's a total decision. Somebody wrote here, what would it mean not to have a soul? That sounds like it wouldn't be a good thing. I said, there are beings, people have hopped into other bodies repeatedly and that do not have souls. You know, it's been cut off. They've been cut off from the tether to the divine energy, right? And there are people who make choices to relieve themselves of their souls. You know, you hear people signing away their souls you can exist in a physical realm without your soul being open it means that your connection to the divine energy has been disconnected and therefore the energy is a lot different can it be reattached yes but only the people who do the work you know what i mean is the people that want to have it reattached about it being a good or bad thing it's closed energy and not what we are created to be do people want to be a fraction of what they could be the physical at this time does not stay. The energy we are is eternal. So 
basically, why wouldn't we want to be open as part of who we are? I just know that a lot of people are compelled to do a lot of work right now, even the nasty people who realize they did things that only benefited themselves. So now they're, a lot of these people are thinking, oh, no, what have, what have I done? You know, I, I, I didn't talk about this recently, but we all have book of lives that have everything that we've done in this life or every lifetime. And we have to come to terms with that and look at that. How can we open ourselves up to be who, who we truly are? Uh, somebody wrote here, so can someone open up the crown and heart chalk with energy work for the physical manifestation of the, of the soul to be with them? Basically, if you don't open yourself up to it, it can't happen. Nobody can do that for you. And I put, only if they decide to change their ways, no one can do it for them. And they have to be pure of spirit to open the upper heart afterwards. But I did also say everybody has a connection to God, even despite all that. It's just our perception. Depending on the reason, some people have these two chakras closed, which is the upper heart and, you know, the higher crown chakra. But they do, you know, it's not that they they have a perception that they're closed away. But people that generally in this physical realm that... Um, have these two chakras closed, don't care about other people, are not empathetic, they're self-centered. The soul manifests in the energy bodies near the book of life. When you are totally connected, the soul is totally integrated throughout. It is like pumping a flat tire. Flat tire is shut chakras. Pump tire is open chakras. Tire expands so much it blends with the energy of one big chakra. So it's like if you pump all your tires together and they all start getting so big that they start hitting each other. I know that might not be the best analogy, but I want to talk about the Saturn in Sagittarius. And there's an article, and it's um, Dark Star Astrology, Saturn in Sagittarius, 2016 to 2017. I actually think it started in December, I mean, in September of 2015, but the majority of it is to be in 2016 to 2017. I'm doing a lot of talking. Okay. So it talks it's by Marina Marcaro. It was written March the 28th, 2016. Saturn in Sagittarius till December 2017. Well, bing up blah, blah, blah. <laughs> well, Bring a big shift in our lives and it enters not just a new sign, but also a new house. So we're going into a whole new, I want to say rigmarole, but, um, you know, and it's, it's going to be a lot of work for a lot of people, but especially the people that have that as their Saturn return. Like I'm going through my second Saturn return right now. It's kind of interesting. But what does Saturn and Sagittarius mean for the collective, so for the greater whole? Generally, Saturn brings responsibility, tests obstacles, and slowing down to whatever it touches. Here we reap what we sow, which is why Saturn is called the Lord of Karma. So we're talking about the great purge, clearing all that karmic energy within ourselves. You know, I've been talking about this. It is feared as the great malefic. But I 
you know, that movie Maleficent came out about, you know, that part of a person that uh, comes out when they get hurt. But I tend to think you have nothing to worry about with Saturn. If you don't cut any corners and do the necessary foundational work, Saturn's positive side that it gives you the wisdom of experience, security, maturity, and complexity, love it like a loving age vintage wine. So I'm going through my second bottle of wine. <laughs> and then they talk about different things. Saturn in Sagittarius Deccan too, and it's called Pagan Law. Saturn is now set in its trajectory here in Sagittarius too. And it's my you know, second coming or whatever. That's why when I saw the rabbit come and go, I was like, hey, you know, this really... Right away I, I thought of that because I, I knew that all this was going on, right? And it really shows it around me. You know, when things start to be mirrored around you and you start seeing some pretty amazing, unusual things, like a rabbit running around and stopping in front of you and then taking off and coming back and doing a Yui and then coming back again. Saturn's agenda is revealed and understood so it meets forces that oppose it. Saturn and Sagittarius too karmically binds you very securely to its core, so you'd better be damn sure you want to go there. You will need stamina and strength to face the long road ahead. So it's like a real transmutation. You were talking about the the ladybug and the butterfly, right? Before committing to this path, you will also need to train up. So there's a lot of... When I went through the first one, I moved from where I was living, you know, in Saskatchewan to Ontario. And it was a very difficult time for me. And now... I'm in the process of moving again. And I I was thinking about, geez, this is just too weird to be, you know, and a lot of big changes in my life are happening right now. So before committing to this path, you will need to train up so that you are a match for any opponents you may. So what they mean is any obstacles, you know. They could be people. They could be, you know, yourself. They could be, you know, just energy. So you've got to be prepared you know, you may be your own worst enemy. So, like, I, I've i been, I, I have awareness of, of what's going on within me. You know, I'm hoping that by doing these shows and ha- really having something to say. You know, I only do these shows when I really have something to say. Sometimes I have something to say for two years go, going, and then, you know, for a few months I'd, I, I'd rather not say anything. Um it just says here, Saturn arrives at 10 degrees Sagittarius on December 22nd, 2015, and still have the fires of Antares breaking down its neck. A red giant like Antares has a very large orb, so it shouldn't be fair to ignore its influence on the Sagittarius Deccan 2. So if Antares is still technically in Deccan 1, it's 2000. 15 position at 9 degrees 58 Sagittarius puts it on the cusp of the Deccan too. You know, it's really funny too. Uh, I was born in 58 and I'm 58 and it's 2016. I was born on January 16th. So, you know, they say 9 degrees 58. 9 is a number that has to do with things ending and new beginnings. 
So let's remind ourselves that Saturn on Antares is what it's about, okay? Uh, Robson says, uh, materialistic dishonest through circumstances created by environment, religious hypocrisy, many disappointments, lost through quarrels, and legal affairs, trouble through enemies, and many failures. So it says it's negative, but this Saturn in Antares is no lightweight either. In the collective, we may see these attributes reflected in a nation or a leader, and we're seeing that right now. If they're experiencing a transit from the Saturn, having a Saturn return during 2016. Yippee Kaios, I, I, I'm getting a Saturn return during 2016. I have added Saturn to my Antares post now, and you can definitely see the melancholy in the list, but there is also wry humor as well. My interpretation is an internal conflict between good and evil. So, you know, some people may be, and I've seen people write on my wall about it, you know, they they accept that the balance between good and evil within them. So, some people may rebel. If you've been playing the saint, you may be, I don't want to say the word, you know, bugger, but you may just do a 180, like, you know, the rabbit did the 180, came one way, and then he said, whoop, and I'm going to go back the other way. And then he went one side of the building and went the other side of the building. So I'm, I'm thinking, okay, east and west side of the building. So it's a conflict. You know, there's, there's this conflict of good and evil right now. And I know these um, dark realms are closing down right now, but where does that energy go, you know? Energy never dies. We've got to take that energy back. And swing in between polarities. You know, like the rabbit's going one side of the building, running around and going to the other side of the building. It's all about balance, black and white. Often demonized or sanctified with any good reason. So, you know, this is a time right now where, you know, people that um, believe in certain beings and stuff that aren't so positive are at their worst right now, this time period between April the 19th to the May the 1st, you know. So this energy is really strong right now. So it's easy to typecast. So the star will add a starkness and high contrast to Sagittarius Deccan 2 as a whole. And then they go on to talk about Saturn, Ontario's anti-hero outsider. And another thought that occurred to me lately is Antares being anti-Aries. Aries is so much a valiant hero. The male, alpha male these days has been a mockery of or by the Antares archetype, actually. Antares' strength is not physical, it is spiritual. When I say spiritual, read is a supernatural, it's, is not always a positive experience. Antares is a geek outside. <laughs> a good example is this David Zuckerberg is portrayed in the film The Social Network, the jock, then who might he be considered to represent the solar hero divine masculine is always demonized nowadays. So They talk about the dates for Saturn and Sagittarius through the Deccans. So if you're interested in this, you know, please go to this dark star astrology.com, Saturn and Sagittarius. Um, the first one is called uh, Deccan 1, Internet Pestilence, December 23rd, 2014 to June the 14th, 2015, and September 17th to December 21st, 2015. So Right now is the Saturn in uh, Sagittarius Deccan 2 is Pagan Law. December 22nd, 2000 and f- 
15 to December the 19th, 2016. And then there's also the third one. It's called Saturn and Sagittarius Deccan Three Disordered Crystals, December the 20th, 2016 to December 20th, 2017. So it's about the tables, turning the tables. It's That's why I'm doing these prayers of light, because that dark is running amok right now. And... I am the one that balances energy in this realm. That's why I am so, you know, I I, I have a physical body like everybody else, but doing this energy work takes, you know, a lot. So, you know, that's why I have this congestion because I'm taking the energy for, for a lot of people. So in doing so, we have lost the honest, upfront courage of the Ares warrior. Instead, the Antares battle is waged sneakily with cunning in the dark. So there are some sneaky things coming out, but the truth is coming out also. So I don't want to focus on this dark stuff, but I also have to mention it because it is speaking what is really going on. So we're going through this period of time that we're dealing with this stuff. And we're going to get past this, okay? So it just says here that Saturn transitioning over Antares can be read negatively for this reason. There is something very insidious about which could be very toxic for humanity. But if you don't, you release that energy, it'll be a lot easier. So the rest of the fixed stars in this decan are not major enough to have any specific meaning with Saturn. I think the fixed stars are still quite dark and intense. But apart, apart from Antares, they do not have the heavy psychotic tendencies of the Sagittarius Deccan 1. So, you know, this the one that we were, you know, like the internet pestilence. Like, I didn't talk about that one, but, you know, we've gone through a lot of crap right now. So, anyway, getting back to what I was talking about, it, it's, it, it can be toxic, but when I do the prayers of light and people pray for humanity and we focus on the positive stuff and we manifest positive things around us, we get beyond this energy, okay? You know, I was talking about that lady who was psychotic on on the show and then she was like all over the place and she goes, but I don't have my purpose. You took away my purpose. And he says, well, what if you have a different purpose? We have to think upon like not what we have been doing, we have to go beyond that to like I, I said I'm you know I'm getting my second Saturn or return in Sagittarius this is heavy energy but I know that I'm doing it because I'm doing it f- partly for humanity too so as a whole you know somebody's got to start it but she was like all over the place and then he said but you know what if you have another purpose and then she goes she kind of got this look on her face. Yeah, what if I do have another purpose? And it straightened her out. So it can make people go blah, 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 blah. I hate to use that, but, you know, like like the rabbit doesn't know where he's going. He's going one way, he's going another way, and he's looking at me. And he said, what the, you know, maybe he was feeling my energy. But um, the, the Deccan had so many of the Scorpius head stars, a bunch of oh, fear of us. Here instead of the Deccan 2, we have the main star of Hercules, the kneeling man, which is a more relevant constellation. And uh, Hercules is also known as Gilgamesh, you know. 
They said they found uh, Gilgamesh's body. And, you know, some people say, well, that's who they're going to take the DNA and make into the blobity-blob antichrist and that sort of thing. I don't know, but, you know, people's heads are messed up right now, so it wouldn't surprise me. Um, and Anyway, they go on to say that Bernadette Brady has written about this constellation in very positive matter. Okay? And um, the so, the pagan apple of Gnosis, this star is tied to the giving of honor or prayer to the gods, the instructive attitude of humans in awe of God and goddess, and it's associated with the natural order of the world to our modern mind. This could be expressed in a respect for nature, caring about the planet, desire to have all things in their place. So this is where humanity is going. They're going into Sagittarius, which goes beyond the self, you know, selflessness, and, you know, this full moon that we've just experienced in Capricorn, I'm, I'm Capricorn energy, but I'm also Sagittarius energy. So it, it doesn't surprise me that I have all this energy and I'm doing the work that I do. So in our modern mind, this can be expressed, like I said, you know, respect for nature, caring about the planet, and a desire to have all things in their place, you know. Um, but going beyond the self, Okay. And they talk here about, you know, going back to the pagan religions, which respected natural law, but not the ones that caused, also caused death, you know, like sacrifice and all this stuff you hear about stuff. Paganism also had a connection to the cosmos, too, and took note of omens. But I see it as, you know, we're going beyond all of that. We're going back to the connectiveness to God, to that simple stuff. You know, they talk about, you know, like religions and different things. But I think what's really important is that connectiveness to the Creator, you know, and, and to, to people call it source, different things, and caring and loving for one another. It's not about being destructive. They talk about omens and the zone being heady with this Deccan, which was ruled by Mercury and Jupiter. You just went through, uh, I think we might even still be in it, uh, Mercury retrograde and uh, Mars. You know, Mars is in Sagittarius and uh, Saturn is in Sagittarius right now. So it's pretty heavy-duty energy right now. And, you know, I think there was a, a Mars retrograde too. Okay. So anyway, they, they they talk about this moon and Calderon system and Mars by the Aries Deccan. You know, they go into a lot of the stuff. The Sagittarius Deccan too. Um, this person talks about the thirteenth fairy and Gnosis. So they they have like um, kind of a more positive thing. Um, it's vital for these subjects to keep in contact with nature and respect law. It's about reconnection to nature. It's about seeing beyond ourselves. It's about not being hurtful, but it's also about not being hurtful to ourselves and speaking up and living in truth and not letting people bully. So, and it's not about being in power and taking the power. It's about sharing. So, it says, nature seems to take a very dim view of those folks abusing great power. So, obviously 
have and cherish. That's so self-centered. I have a friend right now that he had came into a lot of money, and he was so busy working that he never spent it. And now he's giving the money away and helping people, you know, and because he's not working anymore, and he's he thinks, I hey, I don't need all this money. And he he basically asked me, what would you do if you had all this money? And I said, well, I would travel around the world and help people. So this is what he's doing right now. But what are all the people? Why are they hoarding money? What what good are they doing for humanity? A lot of them are very destructive in this this war mentality and Terry's mentality. So it's about not falling for materialism. Taking the best that we can be. You know, the goodness I was talking about, the qualities of a good person. You know, find the spirit in earth. Connect ourselves to earth because, you know. But anyway, she, the person talks about Hercules. We least have something akin to a hero we can trust again. Somebody who wears his heart on his sleeve, the uneducated man with a good heart who has no agenda. So they talk about the Saturn and Sagittarius Deccan 2 for 2016, major fixed stars. So Sagittarius, 9 degrees, 45 minutes. Antares and Scorpios, the Scorpion, December 13th to the 31st, 2015. And again, July 4th to August 12th. Then August 13th to September 21st. So we're going through heavy-duty energy. You know, and then you can do a little bit more reading yourself. And then Sagittarius 11 and 58 degrees, Elwad and Draco in the Dragon's Eye, January 1st to the 12th, and then June the 5th to July the 3rd, September 22nd to October. It's like balancing energy. Okay, it's, it's changing, vacillating back and forth. Sagittarius 14:36, Saren in Hercules, the Kneeling Man. Um, January the 30th to February the 29th, and then May the 7th, which is coming up, um, to the 20th. So that Hercules energy is really strong, the hero energy. So what are we doing, you know, to, to make that good? And then October 18th and November the 6th. Sagittarius, 16 degrees. There's my number again, 16 and 9, big changes. Ras Alassi in Hercules, the kneeling man, March the 3rd to March the 25th, and um, May the 6th to November the 7th. So they kind of, um, some of them kind of cross over each other. Sagittarius 17 and 14, Graphus and Scorpius the Scorpion, November 25th to the 29th, and Sagittarius 17, 58. Like the 58 comes up a lot, and the 17 comes up a lot this year. I'm seeing it everywhere in my life. So I have a lot to do with a lot of this stuff. And that's the Serpent Bearer, November 30th to December the 11th. So, you know, i just talking about this stuff. You know, you don't have to basically, you know, believe in gods and stuff. I believe in a creator and um, whether... You know, the Creator created other beings besides humanity, which uh, I'm sure they have. What we, what's important is um, we're going through a process, and what we have within us is mirrored around us. So, if we're taking a lot of this dark energy, there's something we have to look at. Okay, um, I'm just going to see if anybody has any questions. Uh, 
there's a person, Country Pagan, in the city is logged in. So that might be an interesting article for you. You know, the earth, the earth is really important right now. And, um, you know, we've gone through the solstice not that long ago. So, but it's important that we go beyond who we have been and we're changing. We're, we're, the Sagittarius is going, you know, the whole, the great, the greatest good of the whole, okay? Uh, so it's it's all about looking at those things. Oh, lately I've been seeing the white horse. I've been having um, visions of this white horse. And it's, uh, you know, I, I didn't mention it at the beginning, but I, I, I just kind of clicked in my head suddenly because we're talking about these mythologies and, you know, things like that. It has to do with the mythologies, the cultures around the world. It has to do with the sun chariot and warrior heroes with fertility, most merits stallion manifestations or the end of time. You know, a lot of people say, you know, in 2011, the sense of the awareness of the end of time came about. And, you know, when we went through that galactic core, you know, it was kind of like the end of a whole bunch of cycles. But you talk about the interpretations, both truly white horses and more common gray horses, wider coats are identified as white by various religions. And, the, you know, there's a whole thing. They talk about the portrayal and myth from earliest times, and it's it's 11.58 right now. Isn't that funny? From earliest times when horses have been mythologized as possessed. I, if you can't hear me, go back and listen to the archives. If you're listening on the phone, you'll be able to hear me because I'm going to continue for a little a little bit, okay? From the earliest time, white horses have been mythologized as possessing exceptional properties, transcending the normal world by having wings, so Pegasus, or having horns, the unicorn. As part of its legendary dimension, the white horse myth may be de- depicted with seven heads, which I've seen, or eight feet. And sometimes in groups of singular. So this is uh, Wikipedia, the white horse mythology. So sometimes in groups of singularity, these are white horses which are divinatory, also prophesize warning of danger. As a rare or distinguished symbol, a white horse typically bears the hero of God figure in ceremonial roles over triumph over negative forces. Herodites reported that the white horses were, were held as uh, sacred animals in the Achaemenid court of Ex- Exorxes the uh, Great, from who ruled from eight or four eighty six four eighty six to four sixty five B.C. While other traditions, the river happened when it was sacrificed to the gods. So, in more than one tradition, the white horse carries patron saints or the world savior in the end times. So is in Hinduism, Christianity, Christianity and Islam is associated with the sun and the sun chariot. Asita, or bursts into existence in a fantastic way. So you know, they talk about the those four horses of the apocalypse, so there's a white horse. So emerging from the sea or lightning bolt. Though some mythologies are stories from the earliest beliefs, other tales through visionary or metaphoric are often found in liturgy. 
resources as part of preserve ongoing traditions. See, for example, the Iranian tradition below. So the Celtic, I talk about Rhiannon, a mythical figure in Mabagion legends, rides a pale white horse because of this. She has been linked to the Roman Celtic fertility god, this Epona. Other instances, a vernation of horses in early Indo-European culture. White horses are the most common type of hill figure in England, though there are many modern. The Uffington white horse at least dates back to the Bronze Age. In Scottish lore, the Kelpie or Usage, a deadly supernatural water demon in the shape of a horse, is sometimes described as white, while other stories say it's black. So in Greek, the winged horse Pegasus was the son of Poseidon and the Gorgon Medusa. Poseidon was also the creator of horses, creating them out of breaking waves when challenged to make a beautiful land animal. Norse. In Norse mythology, Odin's eight-winged horse, Suffer, the best horse among gods and men, is described as grey. Fur is also the ancestor of another grey horse, Granny, who's owned by the hero Sigurd. So Slavic, you know, it's in all these different cultures, these white horses. And, uh, I talk about stallions and watching them on the right or leg, you know, has to do with balance of energy. And then they talk about the Finn, Ugric, uh, God in, um, one of the titles of God in Hungarian mythology was Hadur, who, according to unconfirmed source, wears pure copper and is a metalsmith. The Hungarian name for God remains Lestin, and they follow, you know, so the, the, it's in all the cultures, in, in Iranian culture, and they talk about, you know, the young man and the bull and the divinity that lasts 10 days of every month. So it's an important part of a lot of different cultures, this white horse, especially the Hindu with the horse that had all the different heads. So uh, I'm just trying to see, they talk about the divas and the demons and the the snow white horse with seven heads. A white horse and the sun is sometimes also mentioned as emerging separately. And I'm just looking at the white horse in several legends. He steals and sacrificial horse to the constellation involved. Uh, let's just see, you know, like in Christianity, they talk about the New Testament, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, includes one seated on a white horse and one on a pale horse. The white horse carried the rider conquest, and they talk about pestilence, while the pale horse carried the death. However, the Greek word chloros, described as pale, is often interpreted as sickly green or ashen gray, rather than white. Later in the book of Revelation, Christ rides a white horse out of heaven into the head of the armies of the heaven to judge <coughs> Excuse me, and make war upon the earth. Two Christian saints are associated with white steeds. St. James, as a patron saint of Spain, rides a white horse. And St. George, the patron saint of horsemen. And I think um, there, there's other ones. Um, so it's it's pretty popular, uh, you know, the the white horse as being powerful energy in a lot of different cultures. But, you know, people coming to save people ride that white horse in a lot of these cultures, even in the Korean and the Filipino mythology, uh, the Vietnamese and the Native American. 
Um, in Blackfoot mythology, the snow deity Esomayaten is a white colored man in white clothing who rides a white horse. So it's, you know, been in literature and other things. You know, the uh, uh, Aboriginal people talk about the white buffalo, right? means significant things are going to happen. Um, unicorns are white. Um, unicorns live in higher dimensional realms. They they move themselves out of this realm. And the white palfrey appears in the fairy tale Virgus the Sorcerer by Andrew Lang. It appears in the Violet fairy book and attributes more than unusual magical powers to the ancient Rome poet Virgil. So, um, it's a re- reoccurring uh, thing, so it's pretty powerful energy right now. So I was, I was, I've been seeing that energy. So I just thought I'd better point that out. You can do a little bit more research what it really means. Uh, you know, I've been seeing that number seventeen a lot, and I got my income tax done. I own the government seventeen cents. I thought that was funny. I usually, have to pay them a lot more than that, but I, I got some, some RSPs and stuff like that. So. Now, basically, when you're living in fifth dimensional consciousness, you you see what's around you. You know, I was talking, I was opening myself up to people around me. And when I went out to buy that TV set, you know, this lady started talking to me. And she knew what type of work that I'm I'm doing. And it was, you know, really strange. So it makes you wonder, you know, are there people, you know, like, making little visits here and there to make sure we're on our path, you know. She she got to talking about Prince and what had happened to him and that, um, you know, holistic naturopath people are, are going missing and being killed too. So there's there's gateways being closed right now. So I think this energy is, is, is going to pass. And, you know, a friend of mine was making, you know, like, concerned about different religions and stuff like that. I think right now we have to think beyond all these limitations that we put on each other and see that we're really not that much different than each other. What I'm also saying is that we we have to not let ourselves get bullied either or get taken advantage of or have people pull the wool over our eyes you know, the other day I was I was out with some friends and they were joking about stuff and they were talking about wedgies and pulling people's underwear um, over, up to their necks and making jokes and stuff like that. And I thought, okay, this is kind of funny. And then the one lady says, well, as long as you don't pull the wool over my eyes, you know, if I have it up to my neck, I can deal with it. But so... <laughs> I guess it's all about awareness right now and igniting that higher frequency that we have within ourselves. And not, you know, we have to be aware of that dark that has been around, but we also need to go beyond that. We need to balance that energy and to go beyond that and infuse that energy with the codes of light to higher frequencies of light. You know, that's why I say the prayers of light. To, you know, have that free flow of information and truth to prevail within us, you know. And and have that connection to nature. 
we we go beyond you know um we can create that heaven within us we right now with time and space we've had a sense of um you know the physical in a way that we have life and death but we can even go beyond that you know i've been seeing a lot of stuff and it's time that we we talk about truth you know and and people to awaken you know, people talk about reincarnation and proof of it. They've they've done interviews where kids have gone back and they know where things are. We we hold things at a cellular level. We have been going through these cycles, but isn't it time that we go we go beyond what we've experienced? You know, and and allow the um, our energy and the white light of the Creator to per, permeate and cleanse everything around us. You know, I, I keep seeing, you know that energy of change, that number 17. You know, you can do a little research on the number 17, but with me, it means big change is coming, and it's a magical number. Consciousness and what you manifest around you is how your emotions. You know, when we go into higher consciousness, we do have emotions, but we don't let our emotions govern us. And we don't have these big extremes of emotions, you know. In 3D, we have, you know, duality and polarity and extremes of emotion. Like some people, before they go into shifting consciousness, they go through extreme um, moods, you know, where they're up and down and all the way around. I've seen so many people that have gone through this. You know, and I used to work in psychiatry, so I would, I've seen many, many people you know, go through this really depressed energy and then go through this sky-high energy that they're, you know, like hyper. And then I've seen these people work on themselves and the energy shifted. It, it's all, a lot of these illnesses are 3D illnesses and they come at a cellular level. They're, you know, um, I was talking about going, um, you know, beyond religion and and you know i'm saying seeing ourselves in, in a different way not as classifications you know it doesn't mean you you have to stop going to church and doing the things you do but be aware you know that you have control over your life i just noticed that there's a lot more christians meeting in each other's homes and um this is the fastest growing religion uh and the connection to the earth it's you know, like going beyond, um, you know, just being kind to each other. Massive shifts and massive amount of positive vibrational energy are being poured back into the earth right now. You know, there's other energies that have been closing and a lot of things have gone on. And um, we just have to be, you know, people are pretty rigid with their likes and dislikes. We may not like the same music, but we're we're part of the greater whole, uh, the pitch perfect original creation so you could compare it to that so you know i was i was talking about um you know having that uh, and i'm i'm, I'm going to go and talk about it i think i have a little bit i can it's 12 12 right now um yeah i want to talk about um the I was talking about that security council, a little bit about the resolution of, of 2166 and Malaysia jets demanding um, 
I kept getting that number. Look up the the number 2166 and see. I don't have time to talk about it. I wanted to, but you can do that quite well yourselves. And and it's amazing what's going on. It's talking about truth and different things like that. And if you have a chance, go back and listen to the radio show you did February the 10th, if you're still listening. I wanted to talk about liposomes, which are the organelles that are in the cell membranes, and they have a bunch of enzymes, and they're capable of breaking down all types of, you know, biological polymers, proteins, nucleic acids, carbohydrates, and lipids. But, you know, that blue, too, has, you know, interfered with the digestive system of the cell. And it's funny right now, we're clearing our cellular level at a karmic level. So do a little bit of research on liposomes. You know, um, when we go through this uh, taking in more light, when we shift consciousness, the how do I say the ATP and the energy within the cells is is more vital, right? So we're we're doing a lot of cleaning at a cellular level. So look at l- lysosomes um, and maybe do a little research on that blue too. And some of the medications we're, we're taking and some of the calcium and stuff are, are being blocked at a cellular level. It's because we're holding on to partly of this karmic energy. It causes blockages energetically, but it also causes blockage in the physical realms too, eh? Gandhi said, each heart is a seed of the universe. So we're all part of the universe. Um, you know, a lot of people right now, they're calling themselves patriarchs or patriots. And um, they're, they're feeling empowered and enlightened. Everybody enlightens themselves in a different way, but, you know, they, they, they're they speaking truth. So what are you doing to speak your truth? So, and what are you, what is your meaning in life? What is your purpose in life? You know, uh Sometimes people show up in our lives to make us aware of things around us. And, you know, this person showed up and made me aware that there is a higher part of ourselves. You know, angelic beings are around. They make appearances to us. But also some people, you know, say some nasty things to us. And we, when we, how do I say this? We could look at it as as a negative thing and get all pissed off. Or we could look at it as, you know, like I chose to think of it as, how do I say, a learning experience and as them being my teacher. There's a lot of changes going on right now. And, you know, some people are going through their second Saturn return. Some people are going the first Saturn return. What I have noticed, people that have gone through their first Saturn return, you know, are, are some of them are Blu-rays, you know, and they're going through it right now. People that were born in the 80s. So you, you, you look how that fits your Saturn return because it affects your life, you know. So I wanted to read a little bit, and I, 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 I'm glad I have a little bit of time. I'm kind of squeaking more time here. This um, person, she talks about the second Saturn return, and it's www.judytsafrirmd dot com the second saturn return so it's called adventures in holistic adult and child psychiatry 
you know, there's enlightened. I used to work with a lot of psychiatrists. I was a psychiatric nurse therapist specializing in mental health, and I, I've worked in all areas of nursing. And I actually have gone on into the, uh, you know, the holistic field and done a lot of work in that and, and also healing, naturopathic stuff. And now I'm doing a 180, so, but it's it was kind of interesting and now i'm i'm on to a different path and i think it you know i went on to a different path when i went through my first saturn return which was in 1987 one only sees what one looks for one only looks for what one knows and goeth g o e t h e i did what i knew how to do now i know better i do better maya angelo so the second saturn return so <laughs> Sorry about sneezing. Holy smokes. The amazing thing is I, d- I don't have a cold. It's just all this energy and stuff that I'm, I'm you know, sometimes when I do, do these um, talks and stuff, I connect to the divine energy and I talk about what's pertinent in the moment. And, it you know, it, it flows through me. The second Saturn returns. So cycles are at the heart of the human experience. In New England, the seasons change dramatically and rapidly, let seamlessly into one another. Similarity, um, seasons define the development process of our lives. So infancy, childhood, adolescence, young adulthood, the middle years. You know, I was talking earlier about how they're finding now that young adults, you know, under 18, maybe shouldn't be driving because that... um, Part of the brain isn't developed yet that tells you what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And they thought it was a lot younger, but, you know, things are changing. So, you know, the middle years, the elderly years, cultivating in the death of the physical body, you know, because we live in a physical realm. Each approach unfolds predictability, sequentiality, and exorbability unless interrupted prematurely. So we go through different phases. That's basically what they're saying. And each is characterized by certain stage-specific mature, maturational tasks and experience. So the sun, moon, and planets all have their cycles. We're familiar with the moon's orbit around the Earth 29 days or a month. But, you know, like this uh, Saturn return is approximately 29 years, eh? They talk about... You know, the different orbits, there's orbit around the sun, 365 days, but it's really in the quarter. So every four years they add that extra day, right? So they go on to say that all planets have their own cycles, right? And a Saturn takes approximately 29 years to travel around the sun. So you arrive at the back of the exact point when you were born. So when a person's born, Saturn's at a certain point, so it could be in any sign, Right. So the average lifespan can be divided in Saturn cycles into three stages, to 29, to 58, and 58 to 87. So I have went it through when I was 29, and now I'm going through it when I'm 58, but I'm doing it, my purpose is doing it to help the planet, you know. And then, you know, if you go through the third cycle, it's 87 or death. So all... so. Whether or not, you know, this is what happens. So, But the thing I should mention, too, Saturn has been associated with, with time and space, right? So it has to do with this physical world. 
basically is what I'm saying. So they're linked with, they talk about archetypal aspects of human experience. And Saturn is linked with time and maturation, credibility, experience, and wisdom of the elders, responsibility, duty, authority, and alignment with universal laws. So it's kind of like like the teacher, okay? So many patients, this person goes on to say, appear in my practice when they're 28 or 29 years old. So they go through like a period of time. A lot goes on because I've been through it, okay? So at the time of their first Saturn return, the people, they feel an urgent need to figure something out, like their purpose. So what I was saying, you know, this rabbit ran and did kind of a loop and then stopped, looked at me, and then took off across the street, went both sides of the thing, and then came back and did a Yui. So that's what humanity is going through right now. They're they're breaking time and space. and uh, But there's we still exist in this physical realm, and we're still to some degree, you know, affected. So, you know, this is a psychiatrist that's talking. So whether or not you believe in these Saturn returns or not, there are periods of time where people go through where they look at things and see where they fit and how they become more aware of their mortality when they go through the second Saturn return, okay? Like maybe the first one's about purpose, and the, or it, the second one could be about purpose too. Anyway, it slows you down and forces you to take a long look at reality. And I've had things happen recently that have caused me to slow down because I'm a, like a fireball sometimes. And, you know, the death of my dog, well, one last year and one this year, and a bunch of other things that have happened with a friend of mine that have caused me to say, hey, I need to look at, go within myself and look beyond this and, and do this and say these prayers of light for everyone. Okay? And it changes the way we feel and, and think within ourselves when we open up our heart and we open ourselves and can reconnect. You know, that you've read about, you've heard about the book The Reconnection. You're reconnecting with that higher power of that creator energy. It's especially important within the second um, you know, Saturn return. So Ironically, she goes on to say, as time, the remaining time diminishes. Subjectively, it passes with every... So I wanted to talk about the perception of time being in the frontal lobe. And things change. Our brains change. And so our perception... And maybe that's why we... Humanity ages. Like, I've... My perception of time is different than a lot of people. And I look a lot younger than I am. A lot of people don't believe how old I am. Maybe it's because I've meditated and I've done a lot of this work. Or maybe it's because I have a a sense of who I am and my purpose and all that stuff. It doesn't really matter. So right now, it says that when you reach your second Saturn return, and Saturn has to do with time, right? And we're, we're talking about time's an illusion, but when we live in 3D, we've created our this sense of reality has been created. Okay? So, we're bridging two realities. So, it's it's time. Like, I know that some people feel the pressure and they start looking at life and thinking, hey, I didn't do this and I didn't do that. I'm looking at it, hey, 
I can do a lot more things, and I have the time and the ability to do it. You know, I'm financially okay, so I, there's things that I can do. I can go help that friend of mine that's giving money out. I can, you know, go to architectural school and do whatever I want to do. But, you know, some people start thinking about their age, you know, and there's no time left, you know. Like, they're thinking, hey, I want to write a book. A lot of people said to me, why don't you write a book? I have written a book in the higher realms or the paintings, you know. So there's a sense, the sense of perception of time is in the frontal lobe of the brain, okay? And if you want to do any reading on that, I'll see if I can get around to mentioning the other article. But um, the second Saturn return is a time of life review and soul searching. You know, right now, too, I, I was talking about how the eighth chakra and how we're, our soul's expanding. You know, a lot of people, and, and especially men lately in their 60s, I've noticed. And I, I started really noticing this, and I thought, hey, something's going on, and then I realized... I've been talking about Saturn and Sagittarius, and then I looked at my chart and I go, oh, that that is my my Saturn return time. So I went and looked it up and all that stuff. So if you, I I did have an article about looking it up, but you can plug that in. Just say, you know, like go to a site where you can get like a free chart, or if you have your chart, look at your Saturn return, let's see where it is, and do a little research, okay, and look at it. So it'll, it'll kind of tell you where you're going to be. And I talked about, you know, the Sagittarius, you know, the, the Saturn and the time and the teacher and that sort of thing. And I've talked about it in a lot of shows, so I didn't really want to get into it too much. But it's like a crossroads dealing with, you know, like unfinished business. You know, uh, Erickson has... Um, and Freud and all these different people that have done charts of, you know, going through different phases in life. It's kind of integrating everything and looking at what, and taking stock and things. And the amazing thing is this is a time of great purging. And also this, you know, this is the, this is the time where the greatest amount of people ever on this planet are doing the Saturn return in Sagittarius, okay? This is amazing. So, you know, any dark energy, you're in trouble because we're all going and going beyond ourselves. You know, as a collective, and some of us individually are doing this. So it's all about looking beyond this reality and death of the old way of doing things. We can take it as being painful, but when you live in fifth dimensional consciousness like I do, you can look at it as an adventure, okay? So it's about a feeling of relief and gratitude that you're no longer stuck in these ways. You know, um, this friend of mine, he's going to work every day and he's like, oh, this, you know, this is terrible. And then he's looking for a house and he's got to spend like a half a million dollars. And basically, he's got to scrape up a down payment. And, and it's like he's like, he's a 29-year-old. So I, I know he's going through a Saturn return, too, right now. And a bunch of other people. So it can almost seem like you're, 
you're a young person again. You could either have it that way or have it where you kind of say to yourself, oh, I'm fed up with life and blah, 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 blah. You could be like the Grinch, you know, and I've known people lately. So I don't take it personally when people get really grouchy and this glitch, you know, it's. So Saturn is known as the Lord of Karma or the Lord of Harvest. You reap what you sow. So it has to do with clearing karma right now. And we're the ones that help balance this energy, the the Blu-ray or the original ones or whatever you want to call us. We're here for a reason. We're here to ground that energy. The natural consequences of, you know, a lot of this stuff, we could we could go one way or the other, okay? So it's about, you know, what I was talking about, um, not putting up with crap at the beginning and, you know, stepping up and being a nice and good person, but also not letting people push you around or, you know, be mean and you try to be nice, oh, well, you know, not be confronting people like that. They're going to get worse, okay? So it's about Saturn asks to claim your authority to step up to the plate. And anyway, he talks, she talks here about, in my own case, I'm 57 years old and just on the cusp of my second Saturn return. I'm thinking about letting my hair go gray. There is less of an investment in vanity and more in spiritual wisdom. I'm accepting invitation to public speaking, even though it's not within my comfort zone. So this person's really shifting. And a lot of us are going through that phase right now where we want to share and become the wise, you know, and go beyond this reality. We want to have great beauty and love around us, you know. Anyway. (laughs) I'm just laughing because somebody sent me a text and... uh, um, anyway, it was funny. I'll talk about that at next week's show. Okay, so this person's feeling, you know, really positive. Like, woohoo, you know, like I'm I'm expanding myself. I know people that are doing the opposite. They're like, you know, like I'm getting old and look at my wrinkles and, you know, what can I do to get away from people and, and all that sort of stuff. So, this person's writing about something they're just beginning to learn about, too. And they, she talks about our uh, subjects in our culture being um, viewed with contempt. But Saturn is asking me to make a contribution, give to voice what I believe is true. So, you know, when we open ourselves up to truth, we have feelings about things. And we, we, we have to talk about them or share them. You know, a lot of us are doing that now. And... You know, sometimes people don't understand it, but, you know, when they actually open themselves up, they will understand it. She just says here, I have no idea how astrology works, but empirically I observe that it does, and it provides an invaluable context for making sense of our experience, guidance for making choices that are most meaningful, and a perspective on ourselves and others that provides compassion and understanding. So one of the most common regrets that people voice at the end of their lives they did not significantly honor their own truth so you know i've been talking about that ever since i started doing the show and you know speaking your truth and live within you know people become really upset when they try to live up to other people's expectations 
instead of living what's on in their heart. She she talks about this too. So it says the second Saturn return is often not an easy passage, but is rich with opportunity to recreate our lives in order to have the most meaningful and vibrant remaining years so that we are, we are on our deathbeds looking back and saying, yeah, that was a life well lived. So, you know, have you had a life well lived? Are you living your purpose? This is why I'm doing this show right now. I'm seeing, you know, we could look at all the crap that's going on in the world and go, you know, and try to disappear and worry about our liver spots. I'm just joking. I don't have any liver spots. Um, Another thing, I think, you know, as we go into fifth dimensional consciousness, there'll be less synonyms for time. There'll be more synonyms for expression in the moment. We're going beyond this glitch. We're going beyond time and space. Um, you know, I was, it mentioned a little bit about the feeling of the sense and time in the brain, right? I was going to talk a little bit about the teenager having this white matter in the brain and the frontal brain developing. Sometimes people get injuries in the front of the brain and they don't have their um, rational functionings working, right? But... Um, that can also heal. I've, I've seen it heal in people. <laughs> anyway, this uh, article is called Feeling the Sense of Time in the Brain, and it's um, Joni E. Mefmed, um, so J-O-N-L-I-E-F-F-M-D.com, blog Feeling the Sense of Time in the Brain. So it's written in 2013. So time moves slowly when sitting on a very hot surface and when waiting for a lover to revive, arrive. So when you have to or when you have to wait till water boils or something like that. So it moves quickly when joyful. If life is threatened, time moves very slowly. Since time passing is related to feelings, which are critical for decisions and, and, and actions. The brain mechanisms are not clear, but there are many current research approaches to the relation of feelings and sense of time in the brain. So perception of time. Human perception of time is extremely broad, milliseconds to decades. The brain can be a very accurate alarm clock. Psychoactive medications and substances, including psychedelics, alter the sense of time as this religious experience, see post. Some illnesses, such as Parkinson's, alter perception of time and rhythm because it affects that part of the brain, like I was talking about, that it does that. Now, does living in time... It, living in 3D make us age faster? I, I would think so. Living in f- fifth dimension or higher consciousness causes, you know, that part of the brain not to change or change in a way that's different than, you know, sensing this passage of time. So it says here, the sense of time passage is faster than the elderly whose day is one twenty thousandth of their life. So they say that we have 20,000 sleeps in our lifetime. I've seen that on TV recently, and slower in the, the young, each day a smaller percentage of their lives. So, you know, when you, you're a little kid, you're like, oh, are we there yet? Are we, you know, like, and then, oh, we're there already? You know, <laughs> or, you know, where did my life go? Some I've heard older some older people say that too. I feel like I've lived about eight lifetimes in my life, so <laughs> knowing all my past lives too. So it's 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 pretty amazing. So when a threat occurs, emotional attention increases in the limbic regions, such as the 
amygdala, increasing the detail observed material. On One explanation of the slowing of time in a crisis is the brain is reviewing many more details per second than we normally do. So, you know, some people say that they they can remember every little detail when something really traumatic happens, right? And some people don't, but there might be more details in each moment which might create a sense of slow time. So one time-related illusion, among many, involves observ- observation of movement, you know, after, and it says S-A-C-C-A-D, the quick eye movements occurring constantly that are the quota of our visual perception. The stuck clock illusion involves suddenly turning visual attention to an old-fashioned clock with the second hand. The second hand doesn't appear to move at first or moves very slowly. So your perception of time slows. I guess so you can, when you you have that sympathetic nervous system reacting, you can... Um, you know, rational or react. You know, if you, you know, didn't have that, you wouldn't be able to react to in an emergency. So what is time? And we talk about Newtonian time as a part of the universe where things happen in sequence in three-dimensional space. So, you know, they say that the Earth has a vortex around it that creates a sense of time and space. You know, who's to say? And the container we move through. So a view is a, a mental structure, like a number in space where humans compare events, but this view is, is not measurable. To some, time has direction with infinite past, definite past, indefinite future, and in, in the in exactly divine presence. So Einstein uh, conceptualized time as relative to the speed of light. His view of simultaneous events requires a speeding up and slowing down of time based on the vantage point. A mathematical structure combines three space dimensions and dimensions of time. Distance is only measured in time. We have this clock built within us called a circadian clock. So determine where time resides in the brain. One obvious place to look is the circadian mechanism, which reflects the timing of the sunlight and darkness cycles in organisms. So you know, if you're interested in reading a little bit more about this, they talk about uh, the circadian clock in the super cosmic nucleus of the hypothalamus time related to movement as regulated in the cerebellum in the range of, of seconds and minutes. Other brain regions processing time senses are distributed in the cortex, cerebellum, and stratum. The MRI shows the lesions of many brain regions produce inabilities to use time, which is the cerebellum, motor, uh, memory and stratum coordinated movements of frontal cortex decision making and insula integration of emotion cognition and uh body maps so but we live in you know time and space the way our emotions are completely different than we feel just live in now time and there are parts of the brain that have been evolved to live in 3d reality it was probably totally different in fifth dimensional consciousness so i don't want to continue with this but they talk about microbes and human um, circadian rhythms and the bacteria are noted to have circadian clocks of varied durations and they can affect humans and the immune system is highly connected to a clock so they talk about the microbes in the gut have clocks that affect peristalsis obesity and diabetes are tied to gut-based microbes and clocks and microbes and linings. So, and the human perception of time. 
like other aspects of the subjective human experience. There's no unifying brain region or module, but rather many different parts that integrate together and work together. I'm, I'm just saying this. Um, to create this sense or this illusion of time and space, okay? So if we're we're creating this sense of time and space, how can we not also distort um, variances we have? They might be totally different. I've seen people do that. Some people have more a perception, and it's just that, that the brain's developed in a different way or they think from the heart. It's more based. And... Um, they talk about an important model of time is based on the flow of energy in the brain circuit, similar to passing water in a stream. It compares to steady energy flow to the flow of a particular act- activities which may affect the perception of time. So there's a whole bunch of different things they talk about, time and space and the heart and the neural activity within the body and the timing and the pulse of the heart. There's Our whole systems are set up in this, in this illusion, believe it or not. So... Anyway, I uh, this is a time of great purging. This is a time that some people are going through their Saturn returns. And, you know, some people went through a different Saturn return, but it was for a whole different purpose. You know, um, and then as a collective, we're going through this uh, Saturn in Sagittarius time right now. And it's not an easy time. It can be pretty dark. and uh, But we're getting, you know, beyond that. So... I will uh, meet you back here next Wednesday for Fifth Dimensional Living. And uh, hopefully I've helped some people that have been having some questions about why things are going on and different things. You know, I know that people that are more on the dark side say, well, you know, what I have to do is going to as a greater whole. But what our energy is to do right now, and I've talked about it, and it's a balancing of that Saturn and Sagittarius energy. It's balancing of the dark and light. You know, the the, the rabbit went both sides, uh, you know, the masculine, the feminine, the east and the west, the north and the south, because the rabbit headed north and went back south again. And it went around in circles twice. You know, and it, it's my it's my time to take a look at myself and see where I'm headed. So I'm sure for a lot of you, it's time to see where you're headed to. Much love, take care, and uh, I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Fifth Dimensional Living with your host, Diane Bachberger, bringing awareness to our world of greater love. For more information on Diane, please visit www.facebook.com forward slash dbachberger1. May your heart and mind always be open to experiencing a greater world.